All right, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody, Yo, we are Throwing Eggs, a podcast that's good enough for the morning and weird enough for night. I don't know. We're trying out catchphrases. Imagine if Joe Rogan did that. <laughs> or like one of these like big Dax Shepard guys. Honk, honk. <laughs> have so oh, many man. teenagers following him oh man so many honk honk <laughs> yeah have all oh, the, the noise machines the the toilet the oh a wooga a wooga oh man oh man i love it i love it how you doing lance I'm good. I'm good. I was doing some reading this morning. Sort of forgot that we planned on today, and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta run." That's <laughs> the beauty. That's the beauty of this. It's so, it's so free flow. You know, you yeah. just kind of can sink into it at any time. Yeah. So now I'm now I'm getting out of 15th century mystics and coming into what we're talking about today. Ooh, 15th so. century mystics. I like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Uh, there's like. Um, uh, the belief in the, the Catholic church that there have been um, uh, people throughout the, throughout history that have actually been able to be in commune with God and that uh, God's voice will come through them through some of their teachings, not saying that everything is true uh, over the course of history. They'll examine um, theologians will come together and read the writings, read the texts, and then come to the universal truth that the person was saying. But yeah, there's mysticism and wild, wild, cool, uh, you know, out-of-body experiences that people have uh, gone through. Cool. And yeah, so I'm in the getting out of the dark ages, but that's what I was doing this morning. These guys are like, yeah. these guys are like the uh, OG magicians. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a whole other one. <laughs> Mystics, <Yeah>. magicians. <laughs> Yeah, like the alchemy too the ancient alchemy mm -hmm. do you still yeah. believe in that there's there's a chemical out there that can turn anything into gold dude i think that uh with with what we talked about already um uh you know the pluripotent cells um yeah being able to change things if we can start changing molecular structures dude that's alchemy right like if we can change one right now we're on the cellular level but if we can start the change to the atomic level I mean, in a way, isn't like nuclear without blowing everything alchemy? up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. So we just need to get a little bit better with that explosion thing. And mm -hmm. if we can, if we can fix that side effect, I guess at the <laughs> moment that's a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you're right. The ancient alchemy comes to life in new and different ways. I guess it's metaphorical, though. At the moment, yeah. you can you can create metaphorical gold not literal gold mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but hey you know what you know what our data is worth gold come on man we're creating it right now exactly exactly maybe the uh, alchemists or the computer programmers that programmed uh bitcoin mm -hmm. oh ooh, genius uh, that should actually be the name of like the next you know cryptocurrency is just alchemy oh totally yeah. and the little signature can be alc mm-hmm Ooh. We should start that up. Do you have a spare like billion dollars? Yo, I don't at the <sighs> moment. Okay. But, okay. you know, give me a few rounds. Give me a few uh, rounds in the crypto markets and maybe I can turn 
a hundred dollars into ten thousand, turn ten thousand to a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Just start flipping it. It's that easy, I hear. Yeah, it's that easy. Yeah. I just, I heard it's just like pancakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just flip, flip, flip. You know, get those jacks. Crypto oh, pancakes, be, baby. Uh-huh. That can be the name of the current, like the actual, like individual currencies. They're called jacks. Oh, totally. Ooh. Jackson crypto pancakes. Uh huh. I like it. I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. We need to. We need we to start some. We jack. We need oh, to start no, like no, a. <laughs> we need to start. Well, that's kind of good, actually. We need to start some sort of like. Um, what the? What is that? What is the name of that video game that's a, like based in Miami and you just go around shooting stuff up? Oh, uh, oh my Fi- goodness! How am I? Yeah. Vice. Uh, no, that's one of there's Grant that thought of, of thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. GTA, we, GTA, there we go. Yeah, we need to start like a a VR world where we're like Grand Theft Auto radio announcers. You ever listen to the radio yeah. on Grand Theft Auto? Uh-huh. Oh man, I love it. So we need to we could do that and we could be uh some we could name the show. Or we could name the VR world Crypto Pancakes and uh, Jacks. Crypto Pancakes and Jacks. I like it. Jacks it also sounds like a really pancakes. like indie band name. Jacks yeah. and the Cryptocurrency. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Jacks and the Crypto Pancakes. I like uh-huh. it. <laughs> I'm actually writing that down. I need to. So I'm going to come up with something about that later. I forgot my journal. Oh, no, I didn't. My journal's right here. I brought my journal today so I can write down notes. Mm-hmm. uh just uh you know just to just to be studious yeah yeah jackson crypto pancakes but anyway dude yeah so we're shall just... we shall we discuss discuss the discussion yeah cool yeah keep the short little banter today going to the topic yesterday was a little long but uh or last week or whenever the thing is that you listen to uh, yeah exactly but, yeah. The, the last one uh-huh the last one the last one yeah which i still gotta work yeah. on getting up we're still in the early stages i gotta get that system down for yeah getting posted hey all you guys and girls and other people other groovy people welcome <laughs> to jackson the crypto pancakes baby <laughs> today on today in traffic today in traffic exactly oh god i'm not gonna get over that for a while you're gonna have to tell me to (laughs) shut up at some point (laughs) oh man so i woke up this morning uh i felt pretty good i felt like a little bit sleepy and a little bit slow but i kind of like shook it off i it's actually kind of nice weather right now so i'm i'm getting i'm getting stoked on it and I was reminded of a fun topic we can talk about. It's kind of has to do with gold, but um, Mars, man. Mars. Oh, Mars. I like it. Uh huh. So uh-huh. I'm I'm really into Mars these days. Um, You're into really... Mars, and I'm that ninth planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gang, gang. Uh huh. Oh, just Yo. just tangent to add on. We'll talk about it. But uh, you see that they they've got some more images, or they have an idea of where it is. Some other no, I need to look that yet. up. It's pretty cool. Uh, I need like to look that week. up. They're like, oh, we think we might know where it is. I want to see some images of this puppy, mm-hmm. by the way. I want to see some like, because they've got, 
images of black holes at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I, they're, have you seen those? Yeah, they're wild. It's just like a red-orange glow, basically, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's also crazy that they do uh, they drew an image before they knew what it looked like based off data points, and they were like almost exactly correct, which is yeah, even crazier. Just smart people. <laughs> they're just they're just very intelligent aliens. Oh, yeah. Perhaps you know that's one theory about uh, humans is that we're basically just aliens that like crashed oh but yeah. i mean that's the oh we brought them up what two weeks ago or whatever uh the hell's hell's gate or heaven's gate sorry yeah heaven's it's gate cult yeah that was the uh what is it bow and doe talking about how we were we're extraterrestrial beings trapped in this casing and that will when we reach the next level, our casing will be removed. And as the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, we will transcend into the stars and fly around on a giant spaceship throughout, you know, the universe. Man, <laughs> I, those guys were on some good drugs. Yeah. I, you know what? Truth is, uh, the existential truth is somewhere and it's for us all to be discovered. You know, I think it's sad that, um, they thought the way out was to take their own lives. Um, yeah. But, you know, we all have our, our beliefs and you know, I'm not saying at all that they were right or what they did brought them to, you know, a higher truth or the next plane, but there's always this, what if? Um, yeah. Well, and, I mean, at I, the moment, I, I wish their souls the best. That's all yeah. I can really say. Hey, at the moment, we don't know what lies beyond the great beyond. Mm -mm. But in my opinion, I don't think, I don't know how to put this, but maybe we're, maybe people that are searching for truth should realize that they are the truth. I know that kind of sounds a little bit trite, but I don't, I really don't think that like evolved chimps were meant to know like the secrets of the universe, you know, evolved chimps on a rock. I don't, I, I truly don't. And I think there, we will get very far into this story, but of course there'd be a lot of things that we'll never know. And I guess, I guess that's about, it's about being okay with that. Cause there's imagine before video cameras, like in the dark ages, the the billions of story plots going on that were never documented like even small boring things like an argument between two friends or like a sword battle or something mm-hmm. that'll that will never never come to light so i think i think in that sense you know maybe we i mean unless we are aliens and unless there is some sort of higher intelligence documenting everything that's happened. But if I had to guess, I'd say that octopi, octopus, I'd Mm -hmm. say they're aliens. But on the other hand, we have this over on Mars that's found like little like water droplets or whatever, which is like massive. Like that's a huge discovery. And I think that people will, uh, as we get further down this yellow brick road, people will begin to kind of come out of their bubble in a way where mm-hmm. they're, I think everyone at the moment is very earth centric, 
like the egocentric version of living on earth, like a egocentric earthling, basically where our minds are with the, with the rare exception, 99.9% of the earth is consumed with the goings on of earth. Yeah. So I think, I think the first thing that really helped was the moon, the moon trip, the picture, the first picture of earth, I think was the first psychedelic experience that people had on mass, like just looking at that picture and astronauts even talk about that. I don't know if you've, if you've read anything about that, but astronauts will talk about looking at the earth like that and having a insanely moving experience like Mm -hmm. some people you know psychedelics don't always involve drugs psychedelics can come from breathing a certain way or just looking at the world differently and uh so astronauts have reported that i don't know how you feel about that so i think uh yeah the ability to change our viewpoint and how we look at something, I think that that's what you're defining as like a psychedelic trip. Um, yeah. It's a changing of perspective. And I believe that any change in perspective does allow for a clearer understanding. Um, not, not, of course, all understanding, but it does allow for you to grasp something in a different way, which does allow for, does lead to a deeper understanding. Um, you know, I can't, Im- I can't imagine what it's like to go above the earth and to look down and go, Oh my goodness, this yeah. is, this is our little rock. And then to also be between our little rock and the rest of the universe to be able to look to the left and see this, you know, what looks massive, but then look to the right and it's infinity. Uh, I imagine that the early explorers had a similar experience. You know, you're getting Absolutely. on a boat, you're going out, and you're, you're leaving the last little uh, drops of land are disappearing in, on the horizon, and then on the other horizon, it's just blue, and it's this unknown, and it just, it's vast and overwhelming, and the weight of it. Uh, I've experienced this uh, when scuba diving. You get to a point where you stop really having the light from the surface hit you and then it just opens up into this underwater world and when you get far enough down that you feel you're closer to the bottom or you're closer to uh, what surrounds you in the ocean than you are what's on top you just get this weight that's put on top of you that's just it's awesome um and you find yourself in this like hypnotic trance is the best way I can describe it. And with scuba diving, you're just focusing on your breathing, but then you're also just overwhelmed with what you're seeing. Um, I've always described going underwater as walking on a different planet because it is so weird and surreal. We're not supposed to be there. We're not supposed to be in space. We're not supposed to be trying to get to Mars. We're not supposed to be a hundred feet underneath the water swimming around with, you know, eagle rays and reef sharks and octopuses uh octopies it's cool uh yeah get a different perspective and you know find that understanding that's what it's all about man get a different perspective i've 
I know what you mean with the scuba diving. Uh, it's, it's surreal. I done a lot of, I've done a little bit of scuba diving, not as much as you have, but, um, it's definitely, it's definitely life-changing. I, I will also say that when I lived on the Virgin islands, we would carry these big rocks, like and run across the ocean floor, which was also like, we were like, uh, we were astronauts in a way, mm-hmm. but you're right. Explorers, I think were the first OG, not astronauts, but nautical knots, whatever you want to call it, just knots. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so getting a different perspective, all you really need is one of your senses. And most of the time it's your, your eyes are leading the way, you know, your eyes are like, Whoa, but your ears can lead the way. I think, I think music is another very profound, uh, I don't know another word for it, but change of perspective, psychedelic experience without, without the facilitators, Mm -hmm. without the drugs. But, but uh, yeah, it was, it's crazy to really think about, especially when like to your point about we're not meant to be like in these places. And now all of a sudden we are so, we're, we should be having the first humans land on Mars in around the middle of this decade, which is unbelievable, which is so freaking exciting. You have no idea. Like, I'm so excited for it. I, I don't know if I actually want to go to Mars. Who knows how fast the technology will advance. If it's like, if it's like a one-month vacation on Mars by the time we're 80, then I might, I might do it. Um, or I might decide when I'm like old and decrepit to like, to have a journey to Mars, just have my funeral on Mars, mm-hmm. which would be pretty sweet. I feel like at that time they might have a moon base too. So that'd be exciting. But there's so many potential opportunities. We were talking about gold and alchemy earlier. And I think this is something people don't bring up as much when they talk about space exploration. They talk about exploring and knowing what's out there and doing scientific research, but there's a lot of different applications as opposed to just research. Like one of which is like mining, Mm -hmm. space mining. I don't know if you saw that. So there is a massive amount of like raw material on Mars. Mm -hmm. And there's also several asteroids in the asteroid belt beyond that are worth some are worth like a hundred quadrillion dollars. And it, because it's just pure, it's like a pure diamond or it's pure gold or it's yeah, I saw pure the asteroid recently that they brought up about uh, there's more there's like 20 times more gold on this one asteroid than all the gold on earth. Yeah. I, that's going to, that's, I don't know what that would do to our economy, but that would totally crash it. I think I'm not sure. I think, at that point we'll have to have a different standard and currently we're off the gold standard but yeah. gold still has that weight you know the weight yeah. in gold and store of value we'll have to change and adjust to to the complete influx of whatever raw material it is um i i forget what the material is and this is pulling out you know, something way back, probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was reading about it, um, a specific kind of um, mineral or ore that is like a handful of it is the equivalent to like 100, like 10,000 barrels of oil. And it's Damn. energy. 
Um, and it's, it's a compound that's not found on Earth, but if it is found out in the universe, um, and I could just be completely making this up. This could be from like a sci-fi book I read. <laughs> but yeah, the potential to harness the powers of the universe is definitely out there. I immediately, when I hear mining, take a step back because we've done so much harm to the earth so far. I'm just hoping that when we do get to the point where, you know, if we're mining the moon or we're mining Mars or somewhere else or an asteroid, that we take the time to figure out what the damage is going to be before we start these processes. Um, because we have the chance of just going, oh, cool. Now we don't have a fourth planet. Awesome. <laughs> um, and we're so like greedy in the moment people and that I, I think we could abuse it really quickly if we don't you know, take the time to create a better a better sort of humanity on earth before we try to reach out to the stars it's a very good point very good point it's 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 this weird it's this weird fence you got to walk on this like this tightrope that you have to walk on um i think once we're pumping once we're mining different planets I think mining an asteroid is different because no one's ever going to live on the asteroid. Mm -hmm. I think that's different, but you're absolutely right. Once we get to that point, I think there should be some sort of agreement that we're going to stop drilling the hell out of earth at least to, because the difference between earth and everything, like we have an atmosphere. So that's the main differentiating factor is we still have an atmosphere so we should work as hard as we can to preserve our atmosphere and do our drilling outside of the atmosphere mm -hmm. i know that's very very uh wishful thinking mm -hmm. but when we get to that point some something needs to something needs to happen there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed like what kind of government will be on mars uh what kind of living situation how will the structures be built what will the currency be i'm sure i'm sure crypto pancakes will be one, like a high consideration mm -hmm. for currency over there so a lot of these things it, it's crazy it's Have it's crazy like to see uh, the expanse at all or read the expanse no Just, what's what's uh, that about sci-fi series i think sci-fi actually put it on but it's up on amazon and it's this cool uh, examination of really it's a social uh, examination but it's told in a futuristic setting and it's there's earthers so you're born on earth you're considered the highest and the best because you're the, the true blood then there's martians so you're born on mars earth still has like the un and different states and it's a democracy mars is a military state where everybody is working towards the existence of mars cultivating it turning it into uh, an a planet that can be lived on and then you have the belters which is anybody that's outside of the asteroid belt and they're the miners and the workers and they're the blue collar of the universe and just the treatment of the three how earth is you know essentially the the oligarchy and then you have the military state which is trying to grab more control and then the belters that are just abused uh, for the benefit of mars and the earth uh, it's a cool social 
thought pro uh, experiment and they just talk about Mars a lot. <laughs> that's crazy because that sounds very realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something that could actually happen in a hundred years. Yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. Um, it's just a cool. Uh, it's just a. It's a cool sci-fi series, and it's also you know. Just I gotta check it out. It's very applicable. Yeah, it's um. Uh, by James Corey is the author. Okay. Like your dog? Yep. Spelled a little bit different, but nice. The same. Yeah. I, I got to start calling people earthers. Get out of here, you damn earther. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then there's the, uh, there's the people that troll the flat earthers by like joining the flat Mars society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That no. sounds awesome, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to to mars so we're looking at you know middle of this century um if musk has his way probably sooner than that because what they're skipping like two or three experiments just because they're like ah it's good enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah. like, um i yeah i'd be interested to see where this goes because i want it to be i don't want the exploration of space to be privatized but then i also don't want it to have to fall under the rule of the UN or a governing body that really has no way to one enforce policy and two yeah. writes policies that are always for the benefit of, you know, the, the large group of people. Uh, the UN does some cool things like the world health organization is amazing, uh, but there's no way that they're enforcing anything that they're, that they write up about. Uh, and yeah, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you continue. No, I complete. I completely agree with the bureaucracy comment. I was just looking up uh, Elon's Elon's statement about uh, a Martian government. Mm -hmm. um, said that any new government will face immense legal challenges, but he's uh, but in the in SpaceX's project for Star. Have you heard about Starlink? That's the satellites, right? Yeah, the satellite internet. So they're starting it around the Earth, and that's going to get, and you'll be able to get internet access from that, like mm -hmm. Wi-Fi access, like scroll Twitter on the moon from from this from this project. So that's what we need. We need Twitter in space. I know that's that's the uh, that's the evolution of mankind. I have to say we're going in the very bad direction, but so. On Starlink's little terms of service, they say for services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars by a starship or, or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet and that no Earth-based government has authority over them. It's pretty wild. The, it's going to be a, a dogfight, I think, between SpaceX getting there first and China getting there first. Absolutely. It'll be a huge dogfight. Yeah, I think Elon's China. probably ahead. It's not even the U.S. versus China. It's Elon versus China. Yeah, it's Elon versus China. And yeah. the thing is, we have no idea. We have no idea really how far China is in their development. Uh, They're so secretive. Yeah, Space Force. Did you have to check that out? Not to bring up oh, yeah. pop culture. Yeah, but just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, we send up the satellite in Space Force and then this just giant uh, Chinese spaceship just comes over and just tears it apart. 
It's like, I know, oh, just, we didn't even know they had that. <laughs> it's it's literally going to turn into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be wild, or maybe more Star Trek, but you mm-hmm. you get the difference. But yeah, it's it's incredible because China is so secretive. Like we were talking about in the genetics podcast, how they were just like, "Hey guys, we." edited some genes now we have some super intelligent twins on our hands and we didn't ask permission from nobody mm-hmm. and they're doing the same thing and they're just a bunch of copiers they copy every single thing because they don't have copyright laws and they know they can't be punished mm-hmm. so they just go crazy on it i don't know what will happen with that because they have a little bit of leverage on elon with their Chinese Tesla factory. So all of this will be remain to be seen. I'll wait and see. They might close down the Tesla factory and Elon might be like, fine, I'm going to build a Tesla factory on the moon. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, this is all just like crazy stuff, but I love looking and like thinking about sci-fi, but like near term sci-fi. So like sci-fi that's happening now, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're basically in that inflection point where where like uh nonfiction is kind of melting into science fiction mm-hmm. you know it's pretty crazy yeah it's, the advent of science fiction was the moment it started melding with popular culture and then into application yeah it's mars is going to be interesting i Love that there's this, uh, you know, mission statement by SpaceX. I don't see how it's enforceable. I think yeah. that it'll be a bunch of different colonies, very similar to colonial expansion of, um, of the world by European nations. It'll be, we have this crater, this is ours. Um, you know, we have this other side, this is ours. And there's going to be just another divide for the give me, give me, give me because we don't have we don't have a universal government here uh, that can oversee anything and we have too many split ideologies behind what is good for humanity i think if everybody sat down and really reflected on what's good for humanity we could come to an agreement but we're still very selfish uh within our own cultures identities uh the subgroups that make us all up we want the best for me and mine still way too much to ever think that we're going to be able to just go to this resource rich planet and say, Hey, let's all get along. It's <laughs> not, it's not, is not it too, realistic. is it too pie in the sky, too optimistic for me to think that, okay, the difference between the, people the old days like colonial settlers versus this is that a mass a lot of the first people to get to mars will be of like one standard deviation higher intelligence do you think human nature will still take over and it won't matter like what do you mean by the standard deviation of higher intelligence you've said it a couple of times but just just like there's there's an there's an average intelligence for for people and standard deviation only means it's just a economics uh, statistics term. It just mm-hmm. means one standard deviation means w- uh, one unit higher 
So yeah, I, I know it in sense of statistics, but in terms of intelligence, I don't know so, how that's really how that's applied because there are so many different types of intelligence. You're right. All I was, you're right. That's a very good point. All I was referring to was IQ. Okay. So IQ. So in yeah. the sense of, I guess just problem solving, because this yeah. doesn't have to deal with you know, mm-hmm. if you're humane or moral or just, or it's just your ability to comprehend something that's mathematical or uh, scientific in a way. That's a good point. I think you're, it's, I think you're right. It's not going to measure any sort of, uh, hopefully what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, maybe taking statistics out of it. Cause you're right. IQ is only one thing among many. Hopefully there's like an intense vetting process. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? So there it's measuring emotional intelligence, you know, physical strength, uh, raw intelligence, mm-hmm. ability to, get along with other people, that sort of thing. I don't know. I think it's probably wishful thinking though. I think human nature will actually take hold up there as well. Yeah. It's, it's something very new. I don't think that there's a way to measure how people are going to react. Uh, The level of isolation. I know that uh, we'll put astronauts into isolation chambers to see how uh, they're, how psychologically they handle being alone um, and observe that. But this is a whole different thing. It's not, I'm isolated on earth. And I know that right outside this door is my family and friends. If I really break down, yeah. this is, I am thousands of miles away from home and it, it's impossible for me to get back. Just that psychological uh, barrier that has to yeah. be overcome. Uh, and I, just to go back to the early explorers, I don't think that we're necessarily any smarter today than we were 600 years ago. Um, there was, I mean, the ability for people to use the stars to, for seafarers is amazing. And that's a skill set that's almost lost today. Um, we were using a different set of skills. There was a different application of intelligence, but we still are basically the exact same creatures. We can say, oh, we invented the microchip. Well, that doesn't matter for our brain. That doesn't matter for how we internalize and process the information that we're given. You look at, I mean, Newton, uh, Darwin, you look at uh, the early Greek philosophers, astronomers, how they were able to map the stars just by staring at them for years. The intelligence, I believe, we haven't gotten smarter. We might have gotten more efficient, but I can, you know, I can't claim to be any smarter than anybody that, you know, was around a thousand years ago. I can probably absolutely be a little bit uh, dumber and more reliant <laughs> on technology. People had a, their yeah. memory was used so much more. Like I'll have to look up a basic fact on Google just because I know it's there. My brain just lets it go because I know, Oh, I can just Google that later on. There's no reason for me to retain this. Uh, and going to Mars is I, I don't see how it's going to be any different. We colonized the earth. Europeans colonized the world and they took advantage of the resources, slavery, gold, um, natural resources. So woods, deforestation, and then it turned into industrialization for coal and oil. Over the course of history, it's always been 
we are going to expand our nation for the benefit of our nation at the cost of those that are conquered. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that we're somehow having a way to level up. I mean, God knows we're probably, we have devolved. I think, I think we've definitely devolved a little bit in terms of we've gotten soft survival skills. No question. But the intelligence of the body, no question that has gone down. Mm -hmm. The intelligence of the mind, probably around the same. I think if you have a time machine and you go back in time a thousand years and (laughs) take a baby and bring it back and raise it here, then it just turns out to be a normal person. Mm -hmm. I think you go a thousand years in the future and take a baby and bring it back. It's not the same at all. Yeah. It's us going to us going to the past and bringing like a cell phone. Yeah. I'm thinking it's exactly magic and it's witchcraft or uh, it'll, it'll be it's, interesting, but it's weird that all of these things are kind of rising to the surface at the same time. Maybe that, maybe that's just the way it is, but, and maybe there'd be, maybe it's not weird. Maybe there's a million more technological advances that obviously haven't come to the surface at the same time, but it just seems crazy that, the genetics revolution is coming up at the same time we're moving to Mars, at the same time we're building AI. There are all these things going on simultaneously. There's just a lot of, a lot of things bubbling up to the surface mm-hmm. that are kind of being purged or discovered. So I'm, I'm interested to, the government of Mars is going to be crazy. Mining of Mars is going to be crazy. I, I absolutely want to go to the moon. But I'm still the jury's out on Mars. I don't know if I, I don't know about that. I I think we'll get there uh, as long as we don't blow ourselves up. Yeah. It's not if we'll get there really. It's when and then how how we expand out. And I think from a philosophical standpoint, that's the question that we need to come to an agreement on beforehand. Sort of like the the rules of warfare. We had those for a while and then World War II and World War I came around and we just abandoned them. Yeah. Since those abandonments <laughs> of the, you know, some of our codes of conducts, we've just gone away from it. You know, there used to be a time where, you know, destroying a civilian population was considered genocide if it was an act of war. And now it's just, oh, yeah, cool. We'll just bomb this entire city because there's one bad dude in it and the casualties don't matter. We've moved away from remembering the individual into just allowing for and justifying for a loss of life that's low enough. Now, we, can, we can stomach this. Uh, not to say that there weren't pillages you know, back in the day that there weren't raids, you know, Genghis Khan would say, hey, surrender, or I'm going to burn down this city. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, a, a conversation. It was either you have one of two options. I will destroy you, or you can be incorporated into my empire. And then sometimes he would still destroy them. <laughs> yeah, if he made them mad. Um, yeah. And then it's just, I don't know. Uh, you know, this is me breaking away from the 15th century and looking into the, you know, 22nd century. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and I really don't see how it's going to be different. History has just shown us that we are failed creatures that are bound to repeat our errors. And the only way I see us doing a little bit better is if it's complete non-militarization. We would have to put ourselves out there to the potential that, oh, wait, there's this crazy other alien power that's way out and they come and they destroy our settlements and uh, that are on Mars now. But the only way that we prevent infighting is to completely demilitarize. You cannot have a weapon on Mars. Yeah, that's a really Period. good point. If you're going to sacrifice safety, I mean, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to sacrifice that part, I think you've got to, it's not sacrificing. It's saying we aren't going to fight ourselves. And the only way we don't fight ourselves is to not allow for there to be a way to fight ourselves. And then that's what I'm saying. It's I hypothetical think... though. We don't know that there's other life out there. I think that there are, um, but we don't know that. And the likelihood of some other alien creature coming down and attacking us is so small. We know the likelihood of us destroying ourselves. Yeah. I think you have to give up because you're not going to have guns, which I, I actually agree with. But if you're going to do that, you have to give up an element of privacy, I think. There's got to be some sort of structure involved because you can't just be like, no one commit a crime and just kind of like go on your way without any way, without any repercussions. So I think there's got to be some sort of kind of decentralized surveillance involved where the where you use some sort of blockchain technology for so that's it's like a tracker on you but no one else knows or can follow you but the tracker if you commit a crime the tracker will ping and you'll be you'll be implicated uh, sort of a not necessarily as far in as minority report stopping the crime before it happened yeah, but having with the technology we have today, we can almost do that with a cell phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you want it to be secure, so you want to put it on the blockchain or whatever's underlying the technology of cryptocurrency, so or, it's decentralized. So there's not better in fifty years, you know. <laughs> yeah, or whatever comes along then. Exactly. So you you want you want a technology where. Where you can still hold people accountable, but you don't have a consolidated central source of power that starts mm -hmm. corrupting people. Mm -hmm. So all you need is, that's another thing. So one, one source of power is holding a gun and that's going to corrupt people. But another source of power is centralized power, which once you join in at the lowest level as a peon, you automatically get that psychological hit that dopamine boost like okay i'm above other people now i can tell other people what to do and that's where i think everything devolves so i think there's got to be some sort of way to have no guns like you said or no no weapons i mean and but also to have power uh the government is decentralized in some way yeah decentralization of power is key yeah Try and think how that would, the hardest, 
I don't know how that would happen because you're having people spend money on Earth in order to get other people equipment to Mars and then having the return yeah. of said equipment. Um, I think that there could be an exchange that for exchange of moving away from the centralization of power that we have on Earth, as individuals, you can choose, I want to step outside of this culture and step into the society that is on Mars and that on Mars, it truly is equal. It's, it's really the, the truest, truest form of communism and socialism that you could, not communism, sorry, of, of socialism on Mars that's not, it's weird. I don't, socialism and communism fails because of corruption. It's. Yeah. Well, what, in terms of that, I feel like com, those, all of those structures work, I think, at different layers or different amounts of people. So, so like a family unit, mm-hmm. like, um, like, two a mom and a dad and two kids that's kind of like communism everyone's sharing everything you know everyone shares a place to live so i think in the in like in in a neighborhood where people are like you know hey helping helping susie out with giving her a lift to basketball practice because her mom's got got to work late that's kind of a good form of socialism but i think as you get bigger and bigger and bigger you need stronger girdles in place to make sure that they don't break because i think you can with without absolute trust involved like in the family unit those i think communism is too weak the the barrier it's too easily corrupted and it'll it breaks apart too easily so you if you it's basically you can have one or the other maximum trust or and small or maximum safety and large. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The small, the small group settings is possible, you know, having, yeah. Because of, because of where technology is going in auto, uh, the automation of everything, we can almost mine and terraform Mars without people. Yeah, be a very small, small group of you know committed scientists and explorers that this is their mission statement, and that's what they decide that they're going to go and do. It won't be a mass exodus of Earth. We're not going to have the ark with thousands and thousands of people going over to Mars because Mars can't sustain people. And if it's just for mining and it's just for cultivating the resources that are there, uh, we don't need a large. We don't need a large population. So you could keep it down to that small, those small groups that do have trust in each other and know that it's not for you know, power or the benefit. And you could have just these almost like working on an oil rig. Yeah. Out a specific group of people that are going to go and do a job for say five years. Then they're going to come back and they're going to have 
their life savings. That's it. That's they're done. And then they get to hang out on earth and do another job or something, you know, walk around the mountains, go on the Appalachian trail, who cares? And then you send in another small group if, and that's only if it's for resources, but the problem there is where do those resources go when they return to earth? Who's in charge? Who's the business? What company controls those mineral rights? How are they distributed? What country gets all of the wealth? You know, America, China, India, um, are going to be the biggies just because of population and because of the size of the economies that we have. We can take extra money to then send these billion-dollar rocket ships over to then cultivate you know, the what's valuable. Yeah, and it absolutely. Still leaves us with the have and have-nots. I don't think that Mars and is the answer to any of Earth's problems. I think it's probably the answer to a few problems like, uh, like an asteroid, (laughs) but I think short term, you're right. I don't think that'll be solutions to the problems and nothing will get cured immediately. What what problem do you think think that Mars is capable of solving us exploring and expanding out? Um, said, said the, said the people in the cave to the man that wanted to climb over, said the caveman that wanted to go see what was on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, but what problems did the, the caveman that explored the mountain solve? That's my thing. I'm not saying that we're not get, we can't expand out. I'm saying what I mean, did that solve? I mean, that him wandering out led to these cell phones, led to us talking to each other. But what did cell phones solve? That's my, like, we aren't any better because we have cell phones. We aren't any moral because we have cell phones. We haven't progressed from our like base nature of still being in a cave. The, I have a cell phone because it makes my life convenient. It solved long distance communication, I guess, at a very basic form. But if you had never left the cave, what was your need for long distance communication? Biodiversity. Having, having sex with people that weren't in your cave. Who are you going to have sex with on Mars that's going to help uh, diversify <laughs> the human race? I don't know. We're gonna, there's, gonna be, there's already going to be a strip club on Mars. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think at the very beginning, by definition, it's going to have to be decentralized communism. You're talking about people on the oil rigs. Mm-hmm. So and talking about solving a problem, there's... I mean, there's a million problems that are being solved right now in terms of rocket engines and and technology and looking for to be a multi-planetary species in order to, you know, I don't know how likely getting hit by an asteroid really is, but I, that would be one hypothetical problem that is solved by going to Mars. In terms of the resources, I'm a little... I'd say slightly more optimistic than you, not much more optimistic, but just a little bit more. I would hope you see. And now that I'm thinking, now that I'm talking about it out loud, I think I'm, I agree with you, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah. So a lot of that wealth is just going to be consolidated to whoever gets there first. And there's gotta be, it's, uh, you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen, but there has to be a mechanism where that is, spread spread out it's you know there should be a mechanism mars it needs to start here unless we. it needs to start here and now it's it it needs to start with you know exactly it needs to start with what the resources that are already abundant which is our day-to-day 
data. We need to be paid for our data because data is more valuable than oil, which is a re- so we already are being robbed of a resource that we rightfully own. So it, you're right, it does take a paradigm shift here. And when we get to Mars and start mining, that's going to provide. You see, I'm hopeful. It's going to go one or two ways. We're going to either enter into this world of like ultra abundance where these like AI 3D printers can like print clothes for you and everyone's got a universal basic income and you don't and you can follow your passions and uh, robots do all the monotonous work that kills your soul. Either that'll happen or back to the future too with Biff at the top of his tower which we're kind of in the middle of right now uh, where there's a massive or basically what's going on right now is the, is the night it's heading towards the nightmare scenario and we need to stop it because there's a massive consolidation of wealth at the top and, you know, human nature, you know, it's insane, man. The, the level of greed, I won't, I won't put Elon in that category actually, because he's sold all of his personal possessions and his mission is getting to Mars and getting us off of it's easy though for fossil him to fuel. Sell all of his, I, I respect Elon. I think he's doing a lot of cool things. I think his brains and his ideas are just, he's out there. He works his freaking tail off. I'll give him all props, but it's really easy to give away all your possessions when you still have 200 billion in the bank. It's really easy Absolutely. to say, Oh, I'm now free of all this stuff. Well, cool you can go and rent a mansion for a week wherever you're staying like that's already fully furnished there is no he doesn't create a need for himself he's creating all of these things that he wants to do which is beautiful and it's great but by giving up all of his possessions he doesn't have a need and it's that's a great example but it's needs to go further to everybody that we aren't so possessive of our things and it needs to go to all of the other billionaires. It needs to go to all the other millionaires. It needs to go down to the lowest level. We need to live in this identity of poverty in order so that humanity can flourish, but we don't do that. It's always let, where's the newest TV. Let me go. You know what? Last year I bought this 65 inch TV this year. I'm going to buy that new 90 inch. Why your room's the same size. You didn't get a new house. It's just a bigger thing on your wall. And we're the consumer culture and we're never going to change unless there is that paradigm shift. And I like that you're optimistic and you're saying that, oh, it's now we're looking at this ivory tower. It's not now. We've always been an ivory tower society and that's our existence. It's how castles got built in the Middle Ages. It's how the Rockefellers dominating the oil game. Uh, at, during industrialization, go back further. How do you think the Parthenon got built or uh, the temples in China for the emperors? There was always somebody and always the wealthy. It's always been the wealthy that have been in charge. It's just, it's who we are and it's how our species operates. And to think that all of a sudden, all the rich guys are going to get a conscious about it Warren Buffett straight up says he needs to pay more taxes, but he doesn't donate more money. He just says it's the government's job to do that. It's so you're saying something needs to happen as one of the wealthiest men in the world, but you're not willing to take the steps 
to make that happen. It's dude, dude is uh, Warren Buffett is evil. I do not like him at all. Uh, yeah. He's massively invested in a lot of crazy evil corporations like Coca Cola and some oil companies and I mean, stuff. The, the but thing that bothers me the most is the buying up all the houses during the housing crisis and then yeah. flipping them. And now the renters are being charged three to four times more than the houses are worth. And the companies are just going in and they're giving these solicitation notices of saying you're evicted. You're the, and not, none of it's moral. Sure. There's parts of it that are probably legal, but just because something's legal doesn't mean that we should do it. We should focus on the morality of a thing, not the legality of it. I'm extremely pessimistic that humans will ever change. I think we can change our structures and you can actually, change. I can yeah. change. Yeah. Humanity, humanity will not change. Well, you know, God, I'm, I'm continuing to go back and forth <laughs> on this. I'm so wishy-washy because I think up until now, like how we have progressed is that human nature. It's a double-edged sword. We have all of this technology and we have all of this amazing, these amazing experiences because we were never happy with iPhone, the first iPhone because we were never happy with the cave we were living in and we always were pushing for more. And the double-edged sword of that is we're never happy with this. We're going to consolidate more and more power, take over more and more people. So the structures and humanity are both changing fundamentally at the moment. So I don't know what's going to happen, but there with this blockchain, Bitcoin technology, there's a move towards decentralization. And then with genetics, there's a move towards, I don't know, heightened intelligence, whatever. I don't even know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if I'm sure there is a way to be to genetically alter your personality. So you're still driven. We still make scientific process progress, but somehow you insert a s empathetic gene in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there's got to be so there's something there's some sort of genetic code that has to do with empathy. I'm sure of it. But no one will know that for a long time. But I think, I think that's the only way we survive is if we continue. Well, what about the person that decides not to, so doesn't add in that empathetic code, you know, doesn't change. You know, well, exactly. Their kid. It's all they're going to be. They're either going to be. They're either going to blend in by their environment they're going to either be absorbed and be like well everyone else is doing it and i've grown up this way so i'm just going to do it naturally or they're going to be ostracized um i think eventually they're going to take advantage of everybody's empathy and they're going to rise to the top and they're just going to control well it i mean it depends on it depends on how how this comes about so that could very well happen uh it depends on what happens first you know so it, the, if there is some sort of society of genetic data engineers on a board or a panel that decide what's a good characteristic and what's a bad characteristic, I think that's already terrible. That's already a horrible idea. Like just thinking about how terrible that could end up. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, mean, that's I think eugenics at that point, if you have a governing body oh, telling you what genes yeah. you have to have, that's, that's straight up. Not, that's straight up Nazis for sure. So 
I don't know what'll happen, but I think that society and humans will start to begin to evolve again. Uh, we're going to like, but it'll be gasoline on the fire. So we've been evolving, evolving, devolving, and then like straight up evolving uh, with this genetic revolution. So I, you know, man, I don't know what'll happen, but I'm hoping that at a certain point, certain things will just be like an unbelievable faux pas, like an unbelievable no-no. You would never dream of doing it. So that's optimistic, but I don't think that it's got like a 50% chance of happening at the most. I think the only way is individual changes. Um, I've, I've really come to like the, the concept of uh, dream small, not big. We're, we're taught as kids to have these big uh, lofty ideals and ideas and to try to go out and conquer the world when really what that does for so many kids and so many adults is it crushes them that for years they're told you can do anything and then they find out that they can't and that's heartbreaking you know it, it has a weight on the psyche that is intangible and if you talk to a psychologist probably tangible they can tell you exactly what it is but there needs to be a, a change in how we view our ability to affect the world and that we need to start dreaming small we need to work within our communities work with our neighbors and stay in those small circles where you can build that trust in order to make change the morality of man isn't going to change because of a legislative piece that comes out and says this is bad it's going to change by ha people having conversations and us learning about each other and then building that like love of our neighbor, love of our brother, love of our sister, because if we don't start with that, we're just going to have jealousy. We're just going to have envy and we're going to have the have nots and the haves and the haves are always going to say, you know what, I'm trying to do better for the world sure you might be but you're still taking advantage of all of the people that are under you and until there is that change you know, it's great that bill gates has the you know his billionaire club that they're going to give away 90 percent of their net worth uh, by the time they die that's awesome why haven't you given away 90 percent of your net worth now if you have a hundred billion dollars you'll still have 10 billion dollars that is more money than billions of people on this planet. There are people living on less than a dollar a day and there's billionaires with $200 billion. And we in the US have this idea that, oh, you they earned that. Bezos earned $200 billion. No, Bezos had a good idea. Society bought into that idea. And now we're using that idea for the benefit of all of us, but the level of the level of excess that the guys on top get is insane. There need, there needs to be a, a better split. And I'm not talking about taking, you know, away and just giving out money. I think that there does need to be a, a base income. Andrew Yang. Um, Yang gang. Yang gang. But we need to, we need to focus, I think more on the individuals and stop trying to have these over, overwhelming legislative pieces that we think are going to solve something because you know they don't and let's be honest dreaming small was always the way it's not it doesn't sound sexy but it was always the way 
That's the way of practice makes perfect. That's the way of a small goal of playing one violin note correctly in a day. Like that's the way it always should be. Not these. It's, it's weird. You need to be like very rigid and very flexible at the same time. You need to be rigid on your destination and then kind of forget about it and then be very flexible on your day to day and have very, very small goals to get to where you're going. Cause we do kind of flood kids with this mentality. Like all of you are going to be basketball stars and, and famous musicians. And like, no, that's, it's not, that's not going to happen. There, that's never going to happen. We've also are in a culture where you can gain that instant fame, the TikTok stars, yeah. the YouTube stars. The, exactly. Somehow there was this idea that, oh, this person is now cool. And even if it's 10 minutes of fame, everybody seems to want that. It's, you know, we're, we're doing a podcast and people are listening to it. And sure, if we gain an audience, that's great. But we're just doing it to do this. And we're going to see exactly. what happens. Uh, and there needs to be more of that love of the craft and in order to get to wherever you're going to go. I love Steve Martin uh, has this quote uh, about how he learned to play the banjo and he's a phenomenal banjo player. If you don't know, it's absolutely wicked. He's got a bunch of great albums and he about 35, 40 years ago, picked up the banjo and said, I'm going to play for 30 minutes a day. I said, this isn't going to, do me any good for about 20 to 25 years. I have no idea what this is going to bring about, but I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day. 20 years later, 25 years later, he released his first album on the banjo and made a couple million dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. There's so many examples of that. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld writing a joke a day. Mm-hmm. Just so many, so many, uh, so many examples of just putting one foot in front of the other and then at a certain point some other outside force catches you and a lot of people go on this roller coaster ride straight up and these and these billionaires kind of lose touch with the value of work and they put their money to work which is smart i'm not i don't i don't want elon musk to give away his money right now i would love for buffett to give away his money because he's not doing anything He's just Buffett. Buffett plays like bocce ball every day and like slugs slugs like three cokes a day and like checks in with his assistant about the stocks once a week. Mm-hmm. Like Buffett doesn't do anything. He should give away all his money right now. If someone's doing something actively, that by God, hold on to that money and do something good for humanity. But there's too many people that have no clue what common people are going through so i think at the same time we need to teach people to like reach for goals that are very practical i think we need to build a floor under underneath everybody i think you know it sucks to say but cash rules everything around me dollar dollar bills y'all you know it's that's that's the way it goes so will a universal income eliminate physically a lot of stress in this world or in this country? Absolutely it will. And we know that 
over so um, is, like high level. I got to jump this in real quick. But we as a society have to say, we're just not going to raise the prices on things. If you take, oh, you know, it's yeah. like if you have, if you're in rent, for instance, if there's a base income of $1,000 per person every single month that's given out, as a corporations cannot, when that is enacted, just go, okay, cool. Everybody's rent just went up $500 so that the money trickles back into the hands of the wealthy. No, that's, they'll get, they'll get priced out so fast if that happens there's no way that they could do that dude you haven't lived in new york <laughs> that's true that's true but i think i think uh i was getting my feel rent like raised a hundred dollars every year that's How crazy that yeah that sounds like that sounds illegal year. that sounds illegal because yeah. not everything that's was rent controlled so you would have to you would have to eat it takes a lot more work than just giving somebody a thousand bucks a month. You, we would need to restructure a lot of things. Um, yeah. I feel like I'll have to, I'll have to text you after this because I have heard an argument for why that wouldn't happen, but I can't remember what the argument yeah. is. But we're going down a, a different rabbit hole right now. We, we got to wrap this one up. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, so Mars, your final words on Mars. Mars is red and Mars is not flat. I like it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Boom, baby. Sweet. Uh, well, yeah, dude. Love it. Good little chat this morning. And this has been another episode of Throwing Eggs. <laughs> Brought to you by your local food bank. Go and donate. Love you, brother. Peace. Peace.